0: Hi everyone, this is Diana, co founder and CMO of The Holistic Panda. This is our podcast where we interview holistic practitioners and coaches and inspiring leaders from the AAPI community to share with you all things wellness related. We hope you leave with little nuggets of wisdom that can help improve your lives and well being. On this episode, we chatted with one of our favorite Asian founders, the CEO and co founder of The Holistic Panda, Janet Lamb. She shared with us her personal mental health struggle and what led her to co found The Holistic Panda. We also talked about the struggles we face in our entrepreneur journey, especially as Asian founders, how hard it was to get our Asian parents to understand and support what we're doing. Janet also shared practical tips in achieving big goals, including her three-year rule an almost fail-proof rule that has helped celebrities like Simiu Liu realize their most audacious goals. Hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. I'm Diana, and I'm so excited to be doing this episode today with my co-founder and the CEO of the Holistic Panda, Janet Lam. Hi everyone, I'm sure you've seen both of our faces a lot on our social media, especially Janet, she actually manages our social media account. This is such a great opportunity for you guys to get to know her and, you know, get to know me as well. So this is just going to be, you know, casual conversation between the two of us to share more about the reason for starting the Holistic Panda, um, what has been some of the biggest struggles that we have faced as um, Asian founders and entrepreneurs, our favorite wellness tips and hacks that we want to share with you and what the biggest lessons that we've learned since starting our entrepreneurship journey that we can share with you. So without further ado, I'm going to ask Janet this question. What were you doing before starting the Holistic Panda? I don't think a lot of people know this.
1: Yeah, actually I was in finance. I was working at an investment banking and wealth management firm in Vancouver. So trading stocks and helping companies get listed in the stock market. Uh, market here. So I did that for seven years and then I left and went to Barcelona to do an MBA for two years. And then I came back and yeah, started the whole Japan with Diana and
0: Sensu. <laughs> Amazing. You also mentioned in the past that working in finance, like you burnt out pretty badly, right? And so your mental wellness also really suffered.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, those seven years, very unique experience because there's obviously long hours. So sometimes I work from six to six very demanding job and tons of stress yeah like because the market is volatile i can't even imagine working in the market right now so it's just a lot of stress and but at the same time i did learn a lot because it's not like a regular nine-to-five job it was almost like a mini entrepreneurship program i had to take on many roles like from customer service selling stocks trading stocks and even marketing so we have we did our own conferences and trade shows as well so i did learn a lot I met a lot of people um many crazy things happen. I can't really disclose it here, but (laughs) yeah, pretty crazy. And also at the same time, the stress was kind of unbearable. So I did a lot of retail therapy. Yeah, I was like a big spender and also all the lavish parties and all that, which I think like it's very easy to develop imposter syndrome in this kind of environment. I think like all my friends love my job and my lifestyle and my dad loved my job. I think he loved my job more than I love my job and then I started to feel like everybody loves what I'm doing so I should love what I'm doing so I kept doing what I'm doing but then at the same time like I work very hard and also party very hard and then yeah thinking about that part of life is kind of hazy I think I was like pretty confused what I wanted to do and I was doing what people think I should do and that they think is a good life.
0: Was it hard to make that decision to leave finance, especially the salary, you know, the lavish lifestyle that you mentioned and going into entrepreneurship, which, you know, it's definitely, you're probably not making the same amount of money that you, you used to. And there's a lot more uncertainty. And a lot of the times, you know, you're probably working longer hours. Was it hard to, do you, do you sometimes like have FOMO and wish you were back in finance?
1: Yeah, it was hard. I actually did, didn't wish that I... Would go back but the the switch was definitely hard like it was scary because i pretty much dropped everything the paycheck and my apartment and everything i just left but then i was at a point that i was like i just left like i yeah, think i couldn't go and then just do something else and i would say like the hardest part was actually trying to get my parents to understand because like i said my dad loved my job more than i love my job right so To him, he didn't understand. Like I got an MBA, I was in finance, like investment banking. Like why did I throw everything away and start something? And especially starting a startup that he didn't understand what it is. Because to him, mental wellness is so foreign. (laughs) I think that was the hardest part. But I do see that they are kind of trying to understand, especially when I was on the News TV. You see that he was excited, but passively excited. So he was secretly happy. But then like, yeah, and then we our whole family sat together to watch it. And then he told my little sister to use a camera, put it on a stand to film the TV, <laughs> even though I told him like there's a link for it. But yeah, I could tell that he was happy, but even though like after the segment, they still don't understand what the whole was. So I have to explain to him that it's for mental wellness. Yeah, I think the the first year, just making that switch and trying to get my family to understand, that was the hardest part.
0: I remember your dad came to our first wellness retreat and he, I could tell that he was very proud of you, even though he probably didn't understand what we were doing. He just, he looked kind of confused, but oh, I could tell so tell that he was very proud of you. And I think Debbie and Tiffany, who are both coaches on our platform have said, telling their parents that they were going to pursue this career path was probably the hardest part about um, making that career switch. So it's interesting that you also brought it up. I think with my parents, I've always been the black sheep and I've done things that are very non-conventional. So by this point, they're like, okay, it's just another thing that she's doing that's non-conventional. But having said that, it was not easy. Every day, I kind of have to like explain to them why what I'm doing and why I, I'm not at a nine to five corporate job. So yeah. So what is your? I mean, you have talked a little bit about, about this, but what is your main goal or reason for starting the holistic panda? What do you hope users get out of it? A lot of people who are listening are not, we are not aware of what the Holistic Panda is. Can you, can you share a little bit about that?
1: For sure. Well, definitely, I started this platform hoping that people can find the support and understanding they need. And it was inspired or the motivation came from my own personal struggles and my feelings towards mental wellness. During the time when I was working a corporate job, I was very confused. And then also earlier time, I had depression during my university days and it was kind of like when my doctor told me that I had depression my first reaction was sweet I can get a doctor to like withdraw from my com I want one class so I didn't believe her that I got depression because I didn't know what it is because like to me there is only like hardworking and lazy and depression is just an excuse for my laziness so I didn't have that awareness and then of course my family and friends didn't understand it either and my doctor only told me I got depression and gave me like antidepressant and that's it right yeah that part was also hazy I didn't I don't I don't remember how I actually got out of it I think it lasted for a year or two suddenly I had this awakening that I think I remember a friend said something like you have to work have a goal in life or else like you can be stuck or something so I don't remember like somehow I just woke up yeah I really hope that the platform people can use it to feel less lonely and find hope and encouragement from others. Because I think that time was like, I was pretty lonely and confused.
0: It's interesting you brought up the point, you only know hardworking and lazy for me too, growing up. I also, those are the two, it was like very on the extreme end. If I was not hardworking, I was lazy. If if I was not lazy, then I, I need to be hardworking. There was like no in between. So I always felt that, I was like not living up to my potential because I was not hardworking, and in the in the end, I burnt out several times. I also, like you, had jobs. I didn't work in finance, but I worked in fashion. And for those who don't know, you also work really long hours. I didn't get the I didn't get the lavish lifestyles. Work making like less than minimum wage because you know for the amount of I was working. And I was very burnt out, but I never thought that. I never felt like I was working hard enough. I was like, oh, I, I feel like I, I could be doing more. I could be doing more because, oh my gosh, if I'm not doing more, I'm, 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 per- I'm perceived as lazy. So it's very interesting that you brought that up. And I wonder if it's something that a lot of Asian people face as well. That's like, you're either hardworking or if you're not, then you're lazy.
1: Yeah, I think so. Like During school, like when we were younger, we go to school and then you say, oh, I don't feel well. My mom would just be like, you just don't want to go to school. Like get dressed and like get out the door and go to school, right? Yeah, we 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 have this expectation to work very hard to get approvals
0: from hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the next question is, what has been the biggest struggle you face as an Asian founder or entrepreneur or in your entrepreneurship journey? What has been the hardest part? Well, you ta- mentioned a little bit about telling your parents about you know switching careers, but anything else on a personal level that has been very hard to to. To overcome?
1: I think just Telling my parents, I like, on the contrary, I actually I was very happy to be to be an Asian founder because I just find that this community is so supportive, it makes me happy. Like talking to our practitioners, Asian or not, they're all very supportive of this mission. And like, working with Diana, like you yeah. and Su, right, actually made us more united, strong. I'm quite proud of it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have to say one thing. I think one of the reasons why it's enjoyable working with you and Sangsu is that we have similar work ethics, and I'm I i do not want to generalize. I mean, Asians, the stereotype is that we have really hard, like we're, we're hardworking. We have really good work ethics. I think in this case, the stereotype applies. Like all three of us, I think are, you know, have, have good work ethics and it, it makes it easier to work with someone who share that, you know, with you and also similar cultural values. I think we're building a platform or mental wellness startup for the AAPI community. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So yeah, I like it. So what is one wellness tip or habit that you have picked up or started implementing that has changed your life? It doesn't have to be since you started the holistic panda It could be over the years, something that you've like picked up that you're like, oh, it really works for me. And that, yeah, it could be anything.
1: Well, I think maybe because of my past job as a investment banker or got accustomed to be to be perfect, right? So I can't, well, at that job, I really can't make mistakes because it's gonna cost me like thousands of dollars if I make any trading mistakes or any, any, any mistakes. So I became like anxious person. So like I double and triple check everything. Like, even an email, I could like just stare at it for like half an hour just to make sure there's no mistake. I kind of like became like very anxious and a professionist. And I also like kind of expect that from everyone else. I've been working on that. It's just very tiring for everyone around me and for me. I remember talking to one of our coaches, Kiernan, and then we're talking about expectation. One formula that I have for expectation that I knew for a long time is my ex-boss taught me like how to manage the satisfaction of your clients. There's a formula, which is expectation plus result equals to satisfaction. And the easiest way to manage the satisfaction is to lower their expectation. So I knew to lower my own expectation, but the thing is like, it didn't work. And then Kiernan was like, well, don't just lower the expectation as in lower the standard or lower the workload, like lower your attachment to it. So I was like, okay, that's so true. Like I got to detach because I was just so attached to that result or whatever it is. Can't just low like, not like, okay, you have to do five hours of work and lower that to two hours. Like you actually have to detach from the expectation. So that was like super good tip and I've been using it. And I think I think it's a lot better for my mind. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. I think just letting things go and not being attached to the outcome is like so. Imp- I've also noticed that my life has changed so much when I'm less attached to to outcomes, but also less nitpicky about certain things. And also, I think I'm on the other side. Like when I make mistakes, I think I'm on the other side. Are you, worry as you are a perfectionist, I think sometimes I am so hard on myself when I make mistakes and get so hard on myself. And now I'm like, oh, I take ownership of the mistakes I make. I apologize, and then I'm more careful next time. And I learn to practice self compassion as Dr. Brené Brown preaches because I'm not perfect and I think owning up to your mistake and being compassionate towards yourself for me, that was number one tip that I've implemented that has changed my life.
1: Yeah, that's good. I think sometimes we kind of take the mistakes too personally too. Yeah. I think maybe you expect that person will be mad at you for a mistake. It's not the case. And for yeah. me, when something doesn't go the way I want it to be, even though it's not my mistake, I still get mad at myself. I don't know.
0: And I think at the end of the day, we also, there's, you know, power in acknowledging that because I think I used to be so afraid of making mistakes and always make mistakes. I always come up with excuses of why I made that mistake. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I did make that mistake. And it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's not life or death. That's better than saying, making some excuses and not taking responsibility. And I think there's also power in acknowledging that we're not perfect human beings and it's okay for us to make mistakes. So. What is the biggest lesson you've learned and wish to share with others in, you know, pursuing an unconventional career path or unconventional life path? If someone is like, you know, a younger Janet who's going through the same thing that you're going through, they're working in a job in finance where they're not, they're confused, they're not happy, they want to do something different, but don't really know where to start. What is your advice to them?
1: Just do it. Doesn't matter age or anything. I started very late. Just do it. If you
0: don't do it, you don't regret
1: for the rest of your life which is oh I love that yeah and can I say my three-year rule <laughs> yes yes please please yeah because I have this rule that like for anything you do if you're um, starting your own business or even like you want to become an actor or anything just stuck stick with it for three years I promise you you'll see some some result for me like happened to me like I had I have another customer business I it was like dead for the first two years, like zero sales. And then the third year, I start seeing like very good results. Result doesn't come, it's not linear, it's actually exponential. So if you go into two years and then you see the results, it, it can just like go skyrocket. I know like when I, when I tell, tell a lot of people about the three years thing, they're like, they don't believe me because like three years seems very short, just in context like this. But if you're actually doing it, the three years can feel like 30 years because when you see no results for the first two years it can feel like forever and I think a lot of people just give up during the time when you see no results because you don't see an end so if you see the three years as an end then yeah I'm pretty sure you'll get something
0: that's crazy you brought that out because my own consulting business also I realized it's been this is the third year and for the first two years I was also not making any money I only had one client third year, like income increased by like three or four times fold. And I've signed on three additional clients. I have four clients now. It's crazy. It's exact three year mark. And then I have another friend, actually one of our mutual friends that, you know, like who recently had experienced a career change. And anyways, long story short, she basically is starting experiencing hyper growth in her business. And it's also a three year mark. She was like, it's crazy. She was like, for the first three years, it was nothing. It was like, she, she basically was like entrepreneurship. is not for me. It was so hard. Like you said, Janet, it felt like working 30 years, zero, like it was like not making any money. And then suddenly the third year mark, it was like, she was, she said so like verbatim, hyper growth. So yeah. I'm wondering, my next question is what, what, what are your tips on a manifestation or like what, what happened in those three years or what are things that we can do during those th- three years to help us get through, get through those, you know, get through the three years. Cause you know, it's like you said, three years can throw like, be like 30 years. Like what, what do people need to do during the grind to manifest their dreams, whether it's a career or like a relationship or you said that your business, like on the third year, like, you know, it grew exponentially. So what are your tips, um, your manifestation tips, if you will?
1: I think the, the first thing is you need to be very clear what you want to do. Just a, a higher level picture. So write down your your goals and your dreams, what you want to do. Because like every year on the first day, like January 1st, I write down my goals and what I want, even though I don't have a concrete plan how I'm going to achieve it, but I just know I want these. Like visualization really helps me. So I know I have these and then sometimes I put them as stickies on my wall so I see them every day. Because I believe that like if you see it every day, it might somehow kind of like subconsciously affect your brain to do things towards that.
0: And then i um, question is it do you put like mantras or do you put like goals like uh, on like on sticky notes what do you put on them exactly
1: I put goals I put exactly I want get a new job for 15,000 I just stick it on the wall like that yeah so be very clear and then of course during that three years don't just sit around do nothing and hope that it will come right it's not like that kind of three years but you gotta keep trying and even for me it pivoted like so many times <laughs> So when I started consulting business, I I actually didn't know what, what kind of service I wanted to do. I just like put consulting service and hoping that the world will tell me what I can provide, which obviously didn't work. So I took a lot of time to really analyze what my strengths are and design my services that I can really fully provide solutions for people and just keep pivoting and then keep networking. And then you just don't know every call, every person you talk to, somehow down the road they might come back and really help you capture every opportunity and be very clear of what you want
0: and then it will happen. Yeah so I see her be intentional practice and like be almost and also be intentional about it visualize what you want know what you want and also put it somewhere like on sticky notes or vision board or whatever you, you want to kind of remind you and almost subconsciously program those goals in your mind and also work hard hone in on what you what your strengths are what you or what you really want and be open network be open to opportunities it's interesting you mentioned like networking and like just talking to many people I also got the three clients that I got through networking at that time when I met them I didn't think that they were going to be clients but it was over time I I was like oh this business is actually they have this need and this need is something that I can help them with and so when I was ready to take on more clients I literally just cast a net to all the people I know and I was like, hey these are the services that I'm gonna offer. And I was very specific. Also like when I started, I was very broad. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna offer branding services. But that was so broad, right? And then I finally honed in I was like, okay, these two things I can do really well, these are in my wheelhouse. And I send out that email, I cast out that net and literally it was like all the fishes started to come into the net. And everyone's like, oh my God, like, yeah, like I, I need help with this, I need help with this. This is the perfect timing. Our friend to her new job or her new client, as someone that she had worked with in the past and it didn't really so it was also like a, a contact that she had networked networked with before in the past so it's crazy it's really interesting that you brought that up because in all three of this scenario you know it's a, it's a shared element
1: yeah and you have to really have passion and believe in what you do to be able to you know again subconsciously talk about it right yeah even for the of panda I was watching WandaVision with my sisters and then I kept saying, you know, Wanda just got mental issues. She needs the holistic panda. Right? I'm gonna send him a card. <laughs> so like you really like somehow like if you really believe in what you're doing, you just like you can't stop talking about it and then that's where you get the opportunities.
0: Yeah, I think 100% agree with you. I think you also have to actually really want what you do. Um, You have to be passionate about it because these three years are gonna be tough and you you know, you know, need to really like what you do or believe in what you do if you're gonna last that three years. But I really like your advice. Think of the third year as like the end goal, like the, the, the post and just like work towards that and know like by the three year mark, Something is going to happen. So just have to be patient and keep going at it.
1: Yeah. Cause I know it's hard if you don't have a timeline, you don't have an end. Yeah. It's you're in the middle of the sea and then you don't know where your life is good.
0: So, coming to sort of our end of the podcast, this is really fast and it went by so quickly. It was such a joy to talk to you about your journey and why you started the Holistic Panda. I guess what is next for you what are your goals for the holistic panda you know we're coming into the first year of our launch reflecting back and looking forward what are your goals and dreams for the for the platform
1: yeah i'm super proud of us for actually building this platform honestly everyone that we've worked with practitioners clients have all been so nice Going forward, you really like want to continue building this community and providing positive messages and just helping people. Whether even like practitioners, like we can form this community for them to share information and even network. Right, even just entrepreneurship is lonely itself. So I I really hope that this place where people can support each other.
0: Yeah, that's great. I feel like we've like raised a child together. And now the child is kind of, you know, not a newborn anymore. And now it's going into like its infancy and becoming a toddler. And we've our community is growing and I'm also so proud. We learned a lot of lessons throughout this journey and a lot of ups and downs, but I think overall just feeling such so much satisfaction and feeling in a much more more confident place where we know kind of what why we're doing what we're doing and what we're doing. Yeah, I think I'm 100% with you on wanting to grow this community and just having a place for people to come together and have a place where they can find support whether it's through the coaches or you know with each other or through our Instagram hopefully our content can help them so yeah I I think with that do you have anything else to add Janet
1: no this
0: this this is fun (laughs) yeah you should come on more you know this is uh chatting chatting away and we can do another one I think a lot of people have asked about a follow-up to the manifestation uh podcast I did so maybe we can do another one on our tips on manifestation if you guys like it
1: yeah well you should share your tips on how you manifested your boyfriend.
0: Yeah, I know. It was cra- it's crazy. I actually wrote on my sticky note last year I want to move to LA. I actually wrote it.
1: And <laughs> I was
0: like I want to move to LA in 2022, I think. And I had no idea how that was going to happen and I live in Vancouver alone and behold I met my partner, he lives in LA and I've been traveling to LA and I plan to move to LA. So, it's crazy. Like you said, Janet, you don't need to know the how. You just need to know what you want. Yeah, well, you
1: have to be very clear. And I mean, it doesn't even cost money to put it on a sticky note on your
0: board. (laughs) <laughs> but it's crazy I didn't I, I mean I was like oh it's possible but I don't know how it's gonna happen I wasn't it wasn't like 100% convinced I'm like oh it's gonna happen I want this and it, it's a possibility I don't know how it's gonna happen but I'll just put it on my note sticky note and then it really happened and even the same I put like now I don't put goals so much I put like mantras of how I want to feel and literally I have been living living to the mantras like living those words that I put on the sticky note so power of seeing some seeing words every day and I don't know maybe those words have been like implanted in, in me so yeah okay well thank you everyone and happy AAPI month and we hope um, enjoy our content and please tune in to our next episode thanks Janet thank you That's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for our next episode. If you have any questions or feedback, email us at hello at theholisticpanda.com. Bye.